Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Well, hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. You build the bomb. You build the bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, presented by Traveling Growler, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports show covering the Bill Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between, and as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Go follow us on Twitter at WoodySports716 right there at the bottom. Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. We love following back. Uh, and check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you the best Bills content out there every single day of the week. And hopefully you caught the Buffalo basement prior to our show and are joining us from that. But check out a show every single day. We got the Blitz. We got Going Deep on Wednesdays. We got Billsology. We got Off the Edge. We got everything here on Built-In Buffalo. So make sure you like, comment, subscribe, give us a shout, give us a go Bills tonight. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, with me, of course, I am Matt. With me, of course, is, uh, well, I thought we had Tony, but we have a special guest here, Santa. Santa's in the well, house. Uh, uh, I, uh, a very oh clean-shaven Santa. I think I forgot to change my name from my last meeting. This is awkward. <laughs> Oh, all the way from the uh, north. We better Pole. make the. <coughs> oh boy, this is awkward. The elves are gonna. Santa, be you got you got a busy schedule coming up. I don't know if you have time to talk about the bills. Well, I keep my priority. You know, it's important to keep a work life balance, and I keep my priorities in order. Of course, work life balances are always important. You got to keep mm-hmm. your mental in check and everything. Uh, Santa's got a good busy schedule these days. Yes, the um, no, real is... Santa, not me, has a busy schedule these days. Right. Of I'm on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Santa slash Tony, uh, I don't think anyone's referred to the Brady Bunch, so we still on song parody hiatus? Or I am on, song, I am on a strong a... song hiatus. I have not seen it. I encourage it. If anyone has proof of it either. happening, we would love it. Yeah, but so here we are. I feel like this week media, is the week. This this week's got to be the week, especially if because they win I, and win big against this Chargers team. Well, no, yeah, but then it would be next week because then, like, they need the week to make the graphics and stuff. So now, but oh, well, to be yeah. to be described Before last week, show. to be described last week, as I've been told, tongue in cheekly, to be described last week as the hottest team in football that that I think would yield some sort of like segment that someone's going to have to right. do about it. Some Brady Bunch like segment. I, I think that would be only fitting. What's up, Akeem? What's up, Lance's mom? Uh, Tony, so no song parody. Again. No song parody. Solidarity, baby. I can sing Solidarity, solidarity forever uh, we got a, if you want. We got a big show uh, for viewers. 
later on, we have a huge guest. A huge guest later on, Tony. Impromptu, last minute call in. Pulled a couple favors, pulled a couple strings. So stay tuned for our huge guest. Uh, throughout the show, we love it. Like, comment, subscribe. We love interacting with your comments and commenting on your comments. It all is very meta around here on Winning Not Funny Sports Live. Uh, Tony, before, or Santa, before we get into what you do on this upcoming weekend, uh, we have another big holiday to celebrate. And that, of course, <clears throat> is Festivus. 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 The Bills Festivus for the rest of us, Mafia. Uh, Tony, so... As we do, we have a little fun on this show. Uh, I thought we would go through each stage of the Festivus activities or the Festivus night. Uh, for those who don't know yes. or aren't familiar with Festivus, it is from uh, Tony and I's favorite show, Seinfeld. Uh, it is a made-up holiday. Tony, add, add some context to the Festivus lore here. Uh, I was given a book several years ago on Christmas Christmas. Uh Yes, I receive gifts too. <clears throat> about Festivus, where I learned that its yeah, origins yeah. are its origins are in the Roman Empire and began as a Ooh. pagan holiday. Uh, Festivus was then uh, re I don't know reinvented um, by uh, Larry David and other Seinfeld writers because it was a real holiday for a writer on the show uh, and then embellished, you know, for the show where. Right. <clears throat> traditionally a family will get together and accomplish uh the feats of strength the airing of grievances um all while acknowledging i don't know center you know centering around an aluminum pole that is uh that exists to counteract the material aspects that christmas has brought to us <laughs> a lot of tinsel involved well, I, I find tinsel distracting. Hence the poll. <laughs> hence the poll. Uh, yes, to kick off Festivus and the activities, we thought we would uh, relate each uh, activity of the Festivus celebration to a Bills player. What Bills player would participate in that activity, which Bills player would uh, conduct that activity. So as Tony mentioned, the first thing I think we have to start off with is the decorating of the Festivus poll. Giant aluminum pole, very important for the Festivus holiday. Tony, who uh, is the Bills player you would task with uh, decorating the Festivus pole this season? Uh, James Cook. I would let James oh, Cook on the pole. The Tell reason is the essence of the pole is uh, mundaneness, mundanity, mundaneness, munda, munda. This is peak. In I tell you what, us trying to figure out this word is peak internet. The so if if the if the spirit of the poll is to be mundane, then the personality I need to bring in is James Cook, who is just going to be like, yeah, it's a poll, done, because that's because we we know James Cook is a stoic personality gentleman. But we love him. Right, he is very stoic. We love him. He's awesome. Um, it it never forget Bills fans and viewers. All it took for James Cook to smile since joining the Bills was a couple chicken wings. Just give that man a box of chicken wings, and that's all it took for him to smile. That's all. That's all it ever takes. A lot. A lot of the times here. 
but he has been awesome. And we'll get back into him uh, as sure. we get into our Cowboys review in a little bit here. Uh, he was fantastic. He's now, I think, third in the NFL in rushing. He has been uh, as he, he wins our Robert Royal Fresh of Breath Air Award this week. That's for sure. Um, because Joe Brady has figured out how to use them, and it's it's all good for this home or for this uh, final playoff stretch here or race for the playoffs, whatever you want to call it, as we, as we enter the final weeks of the season here. Um, my pick, Tony, uh, I'm going opposite. I'm going like less mundane. I need some some celebratoryness in the decorating of the poll. So I'm going with maybe a forgotten fun guy on this team. That's Mr. Ryan Bates. Oh, Rick you Bates. Forget last year, he was the fun guy. He was the yeah. guy wearing the chicken wing hat. He is the guy that got the nickname Rick Bates from yep, Josh. our sweet prince. Like he was, he he was the guy. Yeah, Ryan Bates was our sweet prince. He still is. We love Ryan Bates around here, mm. but I feel like the allure and maybe the mundanacity, mundanation of Ryan Bates has has come back down to earth a little here, um, because obviously he's a backup this year. He's not just he's not in in the game. He's not making plays. He's not celebrating touchdowns. Uh, so. I need him to get much like the Bills did this week, get his swagger back, and he's going to be decorating the Festivus Bowl for me this year. Can I tell you something about Ryan Bates? Do Please you ever, do. Matt? Do you ever relate uh, to Gaelic football? <laughs> do you ever? I feel like we need to uh, bring that. Back. When you're driving in the car alone, do you ever talk to yourself or say something out loud just to yourself? Uh, sure. Yeah. For I this, know. We'll go with it. <laughs> I know. On my ride home from work today. I audibly said out loud to alone to myself. Is Ryan Bates still on the team? Oh no. You're pulling an AJ <laughs> I, Klein. I mean, he has been well that it was confusing for me for a moment because I'm like, wait, that's a name that I have not thought of since September, since early September. Yeah. He has not crossed my mind. He is not. He has not crossed my mind. He's not crossed many people's minds because he's not playing, but I'll quickly forget he was he was the it guy last year. Um, don't AJ Klein him though. Viewers, oh, listeners of the show know AJ Klein was never on this team this year, as Tony and I know, or Santa and I know. Yes, he was. Um, what are you talking about? No, he yes, wasn't. There is was no yeah. proof that AJ Klein was on this team other than a couple news press articles releases. about yeah, press releases about he got cut or he was added to the practice squad. We have no visual evidence that AJ Klein was on this team this year. So don't don't loop Ryan Bates into the AJ Klein category. Okay. Uh for our next Festivus tradition, it is the hosting of the Festivus Feast. Tony, who would you get to host the Festivus Feast this season on the Bills? If and viewers, Frank, by the by the way, before Tony gives us his answer, chime in with who you think. Uh, give us in the comments who you think would be fitting for uh, each each festivist tradition we're throwing out here. Go ahead, Tony. If Frank Costanza, Costanza is the as the uh, like model festivist host, then one must think who is the Frank Costanza of the Bills. Right. And it's a question that I still even now reflect upon myself with. 
but I guess I'm thinking that it's Reed Ferguson. <laughs> Talk about forgotten guys. <laughs> you know, I, most tenuredville probably has some like. Reed Ferguson likes to barbecue in interesting places. So Frank Costanza yep, lives in one of those true. like connected Girls Queens, Mafia. New York houses. Girls Mafia. So like, I mean, people are like grilling in those, in those dwellings or around those dwellings right. and like, you know, pretending that they have a yard and stuff. So that's, is he the closest thing to Frank that we had? He probably dresses in cool sweaters. Probably does. Reed Ferguson is a big, like, ugly sweater guy. You can he totally screams tell. ugly sweater. Yeah, screams ugly sweater, big time. He owns like dozens of ugly sweaters. He is definitely that kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Which nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, I got this. I have a on. theory that Reed Ferguson might be the most important player on the team, not named Josh Allen. How so? Do you know, like, do you know, like when? Um, like I, I listen to podcasts, sports and non-sports related, and some one of them is a video game one, and they'll ask like guests and stuff, "What's the most important video game like in history, or what's your number one mm. game?" And some people, a lot of people say Tetris, even though it's like the most simplistic game in the world, like just the impact and it had on the world and whatever. Like I feel like that's Reed Ferguson. Like he's the most simple guy who does the least amount of variant stuff like oh he doesn't yeah. stand there and snap the ball pretty much but that's a super important skill to have because if he didn't do it well or the person in that position didn't do it well we would have botch snaps and defenses would get good field position and so on and so forth so is reed ferguson like the second best player or most important player i should say on this team maybe you can make that argument you can make that argument for anybody though you can make that argument for like it, you know, if we didn't have them, what would happen? Not for Ryan. I mean, Bates. you could you could say that you could, yeah, you could. Because I mean, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I guess if your argument, if you want to say, is like in the sense that Reed Ferguson has no backup. True. Then maybe that that's it. Well. I suppose. Like if, like if if uh, Ferguson was going to have like an injury in the first quarter. What are we doing for quarters two, three, and four? Right. They'll figure it out. I have a long snapper. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> what do we do? But if he's not long snapping them well, like we're in a lot of trouble. So just saying, think about it, viewers. Think about it, Bills Mafia. Second most important person on the Bills might be 69 himself, Reed Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony, for our third. It may be most important stage. Did um, you share yours? No, I'm going to, for, for saving time, I'm going to just go back and forth now. All right. <laughs> I had Stefan Diggs because he's just friends with Chef Darian Bryan, and I think it would be a really good feast. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> yeah, there's no lightning round. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, for our next one, Tony, uh, the Aryan of grievances, maybe the most important thing. Like, I got a lot of problems with you people. Like, we love to air our grievances on the show weekly. 
and that's kind of what we do. But who on the Bills do you think uh, deserves some uh, time to air their grievances out this holiday season? Man, I think the answer is, I mean, I think the answer is staring us in the face, not to feed the machine here, but well, okay, actually I might have a last second change. Cause I, I was approaching it as like, who would be most likely to want to air grievances. Now I'm yeah, having an approach is who has the most grievances, the most justified grievances. So I'm actually going to do a last minute change here. Take your time to <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Oh, okay. I was about to say Gabe he does Davis. have a lot of grievances. I was about oh, to say no. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, no grievance. Gabe Davis is his own grievance. <laughs> He's a walking grievance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who does he have to be mad at? Like everybody should be mad at him for doing nothing. I guess he doesn't even get targets anymore because they don't trust him. He had a mm. drop this game. I think we, I said it on Twitter. I think we need to revisit our Gabe Davis needs glasses conspiracy theory. It is week after week evident that that man has no depth perception whatsoever. <laughs> like he cannot track a ball in the air. It it's was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. As, as someone who I used to think had like good ball tracking skills right. to see, to see what I saw on, uh, when did we play? Sunday. To see what I saw on Sunday yep. was appalling. It was. Like, there was a pass, like, Josh threw to him. And yeah. It was and he's, like, all short. turned around. Right. Yeah, and he's all turned he's, That's right. He was all turned around. He's looking at it for a good two, three seconds, and he just never comes back to it. And I'm just like, what's happening here? Like, why do you have no depth perception? Like, come back to the ball and try to make a play on it. The worst that probably happens is you get a defensive pass interference call on you or against you or right. whatever. And we move the ball down the field. Like he just kind of like stood and like stared at it as it fell three yards short of him. Yeah, like, it was what? confusing. I was speechless. I was speechless. <laughs> the man needs no glasses. It, I have no speech. I'm speechless. Uh, the man needs glasses. I think, I don't even know if it's a conspiracy anymore. I think it's just a fact of life. <laughs> He wants to continue his NFL career. Fictolendo Eye Care. Not a proud sponsor of the show, but maybe in the future. Is that your uptown address, man? Uh, no. Okay. Mine either. <laughs> I'm just saying. He needs a good eye doctor in this uh, day and age. Um, no, your choice... Was again, oh, yeah. Sorry, My choice is Leonard Fournette. Correct. Uh, I mean, for for a former star like him, he's probably itching to be on the field. And oh, yeah. to never get a – to be getting no opportunities. Although I'm kind of thinking I'm hoping we activate him this week. But if I was him, I'd be like – to see how the, the, the rocket ascent of Ty Johnson. Yeah. You know, another midseason pickup – at random and now to, if right. i were if i were leonard fournette you know i'm sure i mean i presume i don't know the man but i presume he has some sort of ego i would be like ty johnson is ty johnson is doing this and i'm not act being activated ty johnson is doing this doing all this stuff i like ty johnson uh, ty johnson 
already in the history books of of the Bills organization. Uh, first player to gain a rushing yard with a Silence of the Lambs neck tattoo. Mm-hmm. Very, very, uh, not not a very crowded field, if you will. But he he owns that record. Uh, also, most rushing yards for a man with one of those like nose piercings that go through the middle. Oh. I don't know what it's called. I'm not cool. <laughs> you were doing this, and I'm like, he has a hook for a hand? What the hell are you talking about? I never noticed this. He has a hook this. for a hand. He yeah, is running hand? the ball with a hook hand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about the Floyd of Balls, New England Patriots. Yeah. Does your running back have a hook for a hand? No. Ours does. Also, he tried to uh, – he took off his cleat and tried to stab someone with it, and he's the first player ever did right. that. Yes. Yeah, uh, Adam Sandler Gilmore. reference. Oh, ha- yeah, little happy Gilmore. Uh, happy Gilmore. Uh, I think uh, my pick would be – Leonard Fournette's a great pick because I think he came on the team fully expecting to be uh, in – Involved. Getting time in, involved, yeah. getting playing time by now. Uh, and it was solely, uh, well, twofold Ty Johnson's ascendance, which has been, uh, really, really nice to see as, as the number two running back because I think he's kind of surpassed Latavius Murray. I think so too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's averaging like seven yards or carry or something. Mm-hmm. This, this team averages a lot of yards per carry in general. James Cook, Josh Allen, whoever, but Ty Johnson's fit right in. Right there. And I think Leonard Fournette is grieving because, I mean, all he has to do now is be Stefan Diggs' friend, which might not be the easiest task. I'm just saying. Might be difficult. <laughs> I can see I think that. It, I, think probably, it, probably... I think it went from, I think it went from like, hey, Leonard, come on, like, we'll get you in and you can be, ha- have an impact on the field to, hey, we don't really need you, but can you stick around so Stefan Diggs doesn't blow up and get mad? Mm, yeah. <laughs> who do you think? Okay. Who do you think is in, like, if we're talking about these friendships? So, Stefan Diggs, Leonard Fournette, pick two other people in the group chat with those two. Who do you think is in that group oh, chat gosh. that's evergreen um, running? Isaiah McKenzie. Yep. That's why he <laughs> went crazy. That's why he went crazy. Uh, and hmm, who else could we think of? I don't Chad know. If Hall? You have if you Chad Hall, yeah, Chad Hall's a good one. Yeah, yeah, Probably Chad, Chad Hall. Hall. Yeah. Viewers, who do you think should be in Stefan Diggs's group chat with Leonard Fournette? <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments. Chad Hall is probably a good one. Yeah, like, I sense. could just see Steph. I could just see Steph Diggs every week sending Chad Hall a text with like the Wolverine meme, like looking at the picture. Yeah, it's just like it's just like Chad Hall's picture. Like, I miss you, Chad. Come back, Matt. Who is your or the guy turning around to look at the girl? That's a that's a popular oh, yeah. meme as well. Oh, the most popular meme ever. Yeah, maybe ever. Yeah, maybe ever. Uh, I think Joe Brady has a lot of grievances to air. That was my. That pick. makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean. The Bills had a bad case of dorsitis for so long, and mm-hmm. we'll get into Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady in our game review. But uh, Joe Brady was probably sitting on the sideline, like much like for Sabres fans out there, like Don Granado, <laughs> like being the assistant coach for Ralph Kruger. Just I can imagine him sitting at practice, like, what is this idiot doing? I kind of get the feeling like Joe Brady had the same mentality, like during practices, like, what are we doing? We're just square peg round holding it here, like. <laughs> What are we, we don't doing? like this guy has no idea what he's doing. 
so I think Joe Brady probably has a lot of grievances for not getting the off- offensive coordinator job sooner. Uh, Tony, our final, final Festivus tradition, and that, of course, is the feats of strength. Who are you picking to do the feats of strength on the Bills? You know, I have two candidates in mind right now, and one is like so insanely obvious mm-hmm. that I feel like if I'm using draft strategy, I have to do it so that you don't get it because it's like the clear pick. And that is, of course, doing the feats of strength, Sean McDermott. <laughs> As a wrestler, it makes sense. Of course, of course. He's the best wrestler on the team. He's the best wrestler in the building. He's Oh, he's I would be led I would be led to believe by certain sources that he's maybe the best wrestler of all time. That no one put the singlet on ever in high school the way Sean McDermott did. Right. And just and just destroyed kids. He was the uh, first ever to suplex Andre the Giant. Fun fact. That's true. Everyone Sean McDermott knows that. Did, not Hulk Hogan. No, <laughs> and that's the suplex is, you know, of course, a, a very basic move in high school wrestling that everyone knows and does often. Sure. I, right. I know zero about high school wrestling or wrestling in general. Well, it's not it's not Other the same the kind of wrestling game. that Andre the Giant's doing. So I know. Okay. <laughs> that's why I made the comparison. I do know that. Um, Sean McDermott does seem like a, a good pick, especially with like the angsty two weeks he's had. Like you could put him in, in the feats of strength competition with any media member. I oh, feel yeah. like, you know, just be oh, like, yeah. yeah, bring it on. Yeah. He, then, then he'd have some motivation. It's oh, not yeah. just practice rounds anymore. It would be. And just be practice rounds. Um, I chose a guy who see, I, I approach this like as a, as a, thing to prove yourself okay which i think is yes. what the feats of strength originally like was intended to do is like yes prove your not, not manliness but you know whatever um so i chose von milk okay it's time for von to to show something like it, yeah it's been too long like he had some flashes in Kansas City, and we're like, okay, maybe Vaughn's turning the corner. He's not wearing the knee brace anymore. Like, maybe this is the start of something, or maybe it's the start of the Vaughn we were hoping to get last year. We did get, and then got taken away from us, but whatever. Um, but no, he just he didn't make an impact this game. And when you watch, like, not this game particularly against the Bills, but when you watch, like, the Cowboys and Micah Parsons, and you're like, Man, it would be really cool to have a a pass rusher that dominant, right? So Von Miller, I'm throwing in the feats of strength to to prove himself, and mm. he can't dance his way out of this one because he's the Dancing with the Stars champion, of course. See, I was gonna say I, I'm glad my other candidate was Spencer Brown. I was gonna, I was thinking that too as well. Yeah, he's country well, strong. I mean, yeah, it's an obvious right. And like for his body, he's like the strong like whatever ratios there are, like he has like the right. insane ratios of yeah, his body to his size to his strength to his everything else. Yeah. <laughs> it's proven by his rascal, right. Yes, exactly. 
Um, those are so our picks for. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say, so it sounds like we have a pretty nice Festivus feast on our hands here. Yes, a very nice Festivus feast. Happy Festivus to everyone. If you are celebrating happy Festivus it is, to you, my uh, friend. this Saturday, uh, happy Festivus to you, Tony slash Santa. Um, and if the Bills make it to the playoffs, it would be a Festivus miracle, right? Indeed, it will be. Yes. Yes, it would be. Uh, Tony, we got a lot of bills to talk about, especially this game this past Sunday. Uh, are you ready to throw it to a man who is never synonymous with a miracle because he's just awesome? Former Bills he coach. He makes Marvin miracles Beatty. happen. He makes miracles happen. He isn't the miracle. He makes them happen. Yeah, so are you ready to throw it to Marv? This is it. And to Marv. Throwing it to Marv. Uh, viewers, we'll be back after the break. So go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Well, Chris is keeping us updated on the Sabres game. Up 6-3 over the well, I'm glad somebody Who is. Who knows? I cannot figure the Sabres team out for the life of me. I do know me every neither. time I bet on them, like for them to win, they lose. And every time I bet them to lose, they win. So I just mm -hmm. am done with it. I'm done with that. Um, so thanks for the updates there, Chris. Of course, they lose like the worst team in Columbus and then come out and beat a good team in Toronto. That That's the Sabres for us. I, I want to credit it to Ryan Johnson being in because he's really good and she should never be out of the lineup. Anyway, let's get back to the Bills. Okay. Uh, Tony, you ready to do our Cowboys review the same way we start every week with the so bad it's good review are you ready matt i cannot wait to hear this poetry immerse it's a short one this was kind of just like a ho-hum game like this game kind of is what it was let's hear it start the music there we go ready let me pull up the music and away we go week 15 on a rainy Sunday afternoon, the Bills and James Cook explored some newfoundland and discovered they can run the ball. As Spencer said, not enough Dak Prescott hip gyrations in the world could save the Cowboys on Sunday as their sleep number was zero because Sean McDermott and the Bills D gave zero Fs. Run it back remix. Here we go, here we go, here we go again. Mafia, what's my weakness? James. James Cook was the pepper to Josh Allen's salt as the offense had the Cowboys in a tail spinderella all afternoon. Somebody called Paula Cole, because where have all the Cowboys gone? CD Lamb was CD Lamb of the loss, might as well have been in extinct, and Micah Jim Parsons, big bang. I didn't finish that one. Anyway, I think we got our swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. Bills move to 8-6 and six with a 31-10 win. That's a so bad good review. Short. Not a lot of happening short. in this game. Like, Threw me off. The Bills ran the ball a lot. Tony, mm -hmm. if I told you Josh Allen completed seven passes in a game, do you think the Bills would have won or lost? Uh, I think they would have lost, or if you had told me that Josh Allen completed seven passes in the game and we won, I would have said, well, then Josh got injured. That would right. be like my concern. Like that, It was insane the way that, that went down. 
almost as insane as the long road that you, the long walk that we had to go on through that salt and pepper reference <laughs> <laughs> that took up oh. most of the middle of the so bad it's good review. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a short one because again, not a lot happened. The Bills ran the ball really well. Yep, uh, and then did it some more. Time possession. And uh, they won the game in a in a big way. So that's kind of like the gist of the game. Um, Tony, before we get into the X's and O's, we got to bring our special guest on. I teased it at the beginning of the show. Listeners, we have a very, very special guest. Maybe one of the biggest guests we've ever had. Tony, are you ready to bring him in? Calling in is our guest. Let's bring him in, Tony. Welcome to the show, viewers and everyone. Aries the dog. Aries. Aries the corgi. Aries. The champion of the corgi race during the halftime show. Aries, thank you for joining the show. Uh, first question right off the bat. Uh, tell us what it was like performing in front of 80,000 fans. Were you nervous? Okay, well, the silence is telling me he must be nervous now, Tony. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's probably sitting, giving some kisses. Uh, mm -hmm. Dog of a few words. Such a humble champion, if you will. Uh, Aries, tell us uh, any preparation you did for the Corgi races at halftime. Oh, he's so humble. He's, he's, he's just speechless. Such, mm -hmm. such a good dog. Such a good dog. He's a good boy. Well, Aries, he's we don't good, want to take boy. up too much of your time. He's a good boy. Uh, so thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Huge guest. We'd love to have you back on the future, in the future. A champion. On this show. Uh, champion. One of the, I think our first champion calling into the show. Uh, viewers, yeah. give it up for Aries. Tony, give it up for Aries. Thank you, Aries. Go get some treats. <laughs> uh, I have a lot to say Tony, you Aries. were at the game. Yep. Tell us about the Corgi races. Oh, okay. Instant classic of a time. Uh, so <laughs> sure. I get, I immediately hitched my way into Aries because basically because Aries was the dog that looked the most like my own dog. So I was like, well, Aries is my choice then. Mm -hmm. Aries, like, just head and shoulders above every other dog. It was clear as day from the start. He was the only dog that went from point A to point B in a straight line. Many of the other... Impressive. Many of the other dogs took uh, took a, a lot of sidetracks around not just the racing area, but the entire field. There was this one dog that, like, they chased him zigzagging the, across the entire stadium. Like, it was crazy how far he went. And I'm like, oh, this dog is about to go up to Sam Martin. And, like, that's what this is. Like, Sam Martin is coming around, and he crosses over Sam Martin, but he didn't stop at Sam Martin. I thought that was going to be it. So that kind of made me question Sam Martin's uh, – I don't know. Like, I'd be excited if a dog, if a corgi ran up to me yeah, if I was right? at work. Like, and Sam Martin just like kind of ignoring the situation. So that gave me gave me a slight concern. But everyone else, like, even when you look at the pictures on uh, Bill's social media of like the action shots of the corgi races, every yeah. other dog has this giant like smile on his face, like they're having the time of their life, and it's just like super fun being chased around and mm -hmm. chasing around and stuff. Aries's look is all business. <laughs> Ari, like he had his game the, face on. Yeah. The, the action shots of Aries is like, he is, he is in a, he is focused. He is in a dead sprint. He, he will not lose. 
He has the fire of a champion in his eyes. It's clear, like, you know why Aries won. He had that dog in him? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aries had that dog dog in him. him. You know why he won. What a a get to have him come on the show. I mean, just just an all-time moment here on on the show. Dog of a few words. He's just such a humble champion. He's a stud. Yeah, he, he has no ego. He doesn't like the attention. He's a no ego amigo. We do appreciate mm-hmm. him coming on the show. <laughs> uh, always anything is better than the stampede, as we say around here. So Corey Race is a welcome addition. Um, but let's get into the game because that's why viewers are here, not to talk about dogs, even though dogs are the best. Disagree. So don't discredit dogs. We can talk about dogs all day if we needed to. Uh, but let's talk about the Bills Cowboys game. A dominant performance from Buffalo, start to finish, thirty-one to ten. On the backs of a guy we said last week would be the X factor in this playoff run here, James Cook. A career game for him: one hundred and eighty yards, practically one hundred seventy-nine yards, a touchdown. Also attributed forty-two yards receiving and a touchdown as well afc player offensive player of the week i mean he was he was unstoppable like and this is a weird thing to talk about because i think for the first time in the josh allen era like the bills won a game by running the ball like we have never seen not josh running the ball and not in not it being Josh running the ball, but even if Josh is running the ball, it's not like he's getting like 180 yards. Yeah, he's getting 80 not. yards, and he's extending drives and things like that. Uh, this was a dominant performance from James Cook and Ty Johnson, who you mentioned before. Uh, from the whole running back room, actually, Latavius Murray contributing with a touchdown as well. So we said last week, like not only is Josh Allen the most important player or the guy that's going to lead them into the playoffs, but it's going to be on the back of James Cook. And it came to fruition this game. Uh, Tony, you being there, what what did it feel like? Because I can't imagine like how it felt because this has never happened before. Usually it's Josh throwing for 350 yards or, you know, the defense playing lights out and they did this game, but uh, running the ball, 30 plus times with the running backs is something we haven't seen in years and years and years. So uh, what are your thoughts about James Cook's game and just kind of the Bills offense and this new physicality, this new aggression, this new maybe mentality? Uh, Well, it was super fun because we kept scoring and (laughs) it was super fun because we, it felt like could do no wrong. And um, it was just, uh, you know, like some of the best offensive line play that I've ever seen in person. Right. So that was, you know, that was an art. That was a work of art that I couldn't not appreciate because it was just good. Uh, and then to be there, like, like I said, super fun, but in a way it felt like retribution to me. Um, well, cause mm-hmm. what was going on, with the constant running, like when we really got into it, it was just like, okay, well, we're just going to be running all the time and it's always going to work. And then we're going to run outside and then that's going to work. And then we're just going to run inside again. And then that's going to work. Um, it kind of felt like retribution away from the Patriots game of, of two years ago, or was it last year? Win game. Yeah. 
Well, whenever it was, it, it was felt like ago. yeah, two years ago. Yeah, okay. So it felt like retribution of that, of like being being there for that, enduring the wind just for the worst game, and just like for the most embarrassing <laughs> game of like we know what they're doing. Uh, they're not going to pass ever. Like, why can we not figure this out? Like, then that was in yeah. some ways. I look at that game as kind choose of on like, the other foot this time. Yeah, that that game was kind of like the beginning of like maybe we have to look at what our relationship with Leslie Frazier, because this is insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then that, that was and, the breaking point for you. No, that wasn't the breaking point. I think that was the start oh, okay. of, for, oh, okay. I just think that was a start for a lot of people that mainstream, you end know, for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of retribution felt good to do that ourselves and to know like, yeah, that's, possible and that can sometimes kind of happen or it's possible for that to happen um yeah so yeah it was great and i appreciated uh i appreciated joe brady's and i know you're gonna this is maybe this is a segue into something for you but the i appreciated joe brady's um not only riding the hot hand not only adaptability surrounding doing what is working um but him still being like hey it's still a chess match i still have to throw them off I'm going to bring them outside for a while. I'm going to bring them inside for a while, but I mean, I still don't have to have Josh pass, but I, cause I know that this will work enough, but I'll make sure right. that it keeps working. You know, he put an effort in to make sure it kept working. And to that, I appreciated. Yeah. I think that's the big difference. That's a good point. Um, is Joe Brady. And he said it, uh, in his presser after, or this past week, like, it was working. So why would we go away from it? Like, yeah, that's the biggest difference in kind of the light bulb above the head moment. You know, not that I thought Dorsey was good or anything, but uh, the big difference between Brady and Dorsey is Ken Dorsey. It, he was very like reactive to change. It's like, we're not going to do what works until we're down by 20 and it's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. (laughs) Yeah. And then and next week we're not going to do. And then next week we're not going to do what worked the week prior until we're down twenty with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. That was Ken Dorsey. Yeah. Like he just never. He was like, like doing what worked was like an infection for like he just wanted to stay away with some kind of disease or something. Yeah, just that's dorsitis. That he, it's dorsitis. Yeah, he not only did he put dorsitis on the team, but it was also himself having dorsitis of not doing what was working week after week. Like, Oh, now we're doing pre-snap motion. Now we're running up tempo. Now like that stuff worked. Keep doing it. Like you dictate the game. This game, Joe Brady dictated the game and how it would flow by running the ball. And it, it was working and it kept working and he never strayed away from it. And it was a, it was really nice to see finally. And yeah, maybe that's not what the bills are known for. And that what their identity is. It's usually Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and what the season has become in Dalton Kincaid and kind of the high octane passing offense. Mm-hmm. So when I say like we haven't seen a game like this in five years or in the Josh Allen era, at least. I mean it because this was just this was awesome to see and the offensive line, I think, finally coming into their own. And I think a big reason for this proficient run game 
is the continuity on the offensive line. The same five starters have been in pretty much the entire year, um, have remained healthy pretty much the entire year. And that continuity with each other, I think, is finally paying off. Aaron Cromer's blocking systems are finally paying off and being understood. So, and it's and it's peaking at the right time, of course, as we need to kind of maybe probably win out here to really get into the playoffs or be a lock for the playoffs. So um, it was just, whether it's James Cook or Ty Johnson or Latavius Murray, it was all working, or Josh Allen even. Um, Gene, uh, Joe Brady has welcomed the run game. He hasn't shied away from it. He hasn't dismissed it. Uh, he realizes that it's an important piece. And Sean McDermott's got to be loving it because Sean McDermott, what is Sean McDermott all about? Complimentary football. Mm-hmm. As I say, complimentary football is just do whatever works, and that's complimenting winning the game. And that's what they did. They did whatever worked this game, and it was running the ball. So um, I will I will air one grievance here to, to round this Festivus-themed episode out. Um, when Latavius Murray scored the touchdown, the Bills' social media team referred to it as the Tay Train is coming through. I don't like that. I don't like Tay Train. The Tay Train. I don't like I, it. I replied and said... Let me give you the alternative and tell me which one you like better. Okay. I replied by saying it should be lat blast. Neither. Not a train. Neither of these You're like are neither? Good. Neither are good. Lat blast sounds like <laughs> a 1988 fitness video. Yeah. That comes with equipment. Your lat blast. Right. Uh, yeah. like Suzanne Summers is promoting yes, it. The yes, lap exactly. It's promoting the lap last. Uh, Tay Train is playing with fire because it's too much like A Train, Anthony Thomas. Yes. Remember being like excited that Anthony, we signed Anthony Thomas, and it was like, oh, we signed A Train. Right, but like we just like the nickname. I think that it was basically we like the nickname. Yeah. Yeah, we being we just everyone. Like A-train. Yeah, I think we like saying yeah, we like saying A train, and we like getting like someone who was like you know a fantasy football person or a fantasy football right. name. He was big in Chicago, right. you know. Yeah, so whatever. Anyway, oh, so you like yeah. neither? Okay, so your votes for neither. Tay train, yeah, Tay trains a reach. Lat blast, I'm not on board with. I would say Latavius. Murray. See, I thought it was going to go like the Murray way, and it's like Murray. Mm-hmm. Mur. I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know what it could be long term with Murray, but this being this having been the Christmas game, or a or it being in the Christmas season in general, you go with like a like a gold frankincense and Murray kind of thing. Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah, pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. Very good, very good uh, on the spot yes. thinking there. Well done. This is that's what, what I do. Santa what gives you. That's what Santa that's, does. Yeah, that's what Santa. I know. I know my way around. I know my way around two thousand year old gifts. <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. I like that. Um, this Maybe was the we'll perfect game for like all, all the uh, the sixty plus year old fans in the stands who every week are like, "Run the ball!" Like, yeah, we need to run the ball more. Yeah, just give it to the fullback. 
Just give it Let to them. Pound the ball. Ground right. and pound it. This is the perfect game for all those like yes. old golden age fans. Um, yes, because they learned football before the forward pass was a part of it. Right. And because they're like also hyper obsessed with their respective community's high school football team, which is by default because of lack of talent, mostly running. Exactly. So like that's what they're in. Running versus pass. Yeah. Um, Our viewers just went way down. It's really good. Apparently we have a huge, apparently we have a huge contingency of viewers that are in that, that are in that uh, point of their life. (laughs) Uh, It is 9.20. I don't know. Maybe it's bedtime. It's busy. I understand. Uh, If you haven't hit that like, by the way, Twitter, (laughs) Facebook, YouTube, hit the like, subscribe to Built in Buffalo. Um, James Cook's really good. And I will never... Uh, forgive Ken Dorsey for handcuffing this team this season to put him mm-hmm. in a position where now they have to realize and Joe Brady has to realize what makes this offense run You using your versatile dual threat running back, for example, or letting your gazelle of a quarterback do QB draws and run the ball and do QB sneaks on third and one, not shotgun snaps on third and one. Um, so I will never forgive Ken Dorsey for handcuffing this team to put him in this position where they have to kind of win out. Um, if the coaching staff and management just listen to us, Tony, we were calling for Dorsey's head early, but see, we talk mm-hmm. about Ken Dorsey and the viewership goes right back up. So I think we should <laughs> talk uh, more about Ken. Dor- what do you think Ken Dorsey's up to these days? Do you think he's just uh, sitting in front of his TV watching Bill's games, like throwing his? I think he's just. Like, I think he's just laying I'm an in idiot. bed looking. I think he's just laying in bed looking at a picture of Chad Hall in a little frame. <laughs> like, what is what did this guy do that I couldn't do? Um, I was yeah. thinking like he was writing his like tell-all autobiography. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I came up with a couple of titles. Let me uh, let me focus group okay. them to you here. I'm ready for the pitch. Think. All right. Uh, I got three titles for Ken Dorsey's uh, tell-all autobiography that he's going to write about his time with the Bills. Uh, the first, the tablet catcher in the booth, a playoff of catcher in the rye. Okay. For all those tablets the thrown, tablet, somebody's right. going to catch them or fix them or have <laughs> okay, them not yes. break. Uh, and he was, cor- of course, in the booth. Not bad. One out of 10, 10 being like, okay. that's a great title. Four. What, do you, what would you give it? Four. Four. Okay. It's a little wordy. Right. Okay. A little wordy. It's like five words. That's a little wordy. You're not going to like the X2. Uh, my second one. Uh, this is a playoff, a, a popular book that recently came out uh, by one Miss Britney Spears. Okay. The Woman in Me. And, and The Woman in Me. Uh, okay. Ken Dorsey's autobiography is called The Psycho in Me. Oh, okay. Semicolon. Leave Ken, leave Ken alone. Like, leave Britney alone. Leave Ken alone. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Semicolon, semicolon, leave Ken alone. Semicolon, it's Ken, bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just the forward. That's like the introduction. Yeah, the, just, yes. Ken, I bitch. like that. That's the it. forward written by Michael Scott. It's Ken, bitch. Chapter one. <laughs> uh, all right. One, one, to, one to ten. What do you think of that one? The psycho and me. Uh, semicolon, nice. leave Ken uh, alone. 6.8. 
Okay, six point. You don't want to go with the Reed Ferguson think... six point nine there. No. All right, uh, my third and final one. Uh, this is playing off of one of the Bills' greats, uh, O.J. Simpson. From, uh, okay. Of course, was part of the book. If I did it, if right? He, if he committed the murder, right? Right. Uh, so this one for Ken Dorsey is called "If I Did Pre-Snap Motion." Semicolon confessions of an OC. What was what was OJ's? Uh, I think it was just what called was like OJ's "If I Did It." Subtitle? Confessions of a killer or something. Confessions of a killer. That's what it was called. I think so. I don't confessions know. of an almost killer. Okay, I thought because okay, so part of me was all. I think those two words can like, go together. Oh, OC almost supposed killer? to be like OJ. Um, uh, yes, I like the one. I like the psycho in me. The psycho in me is the best. Okay, that's the winner. Yes, print it. Psycho and send me. it to the publisher. Send it to Pendant Publishing. <laughs> yeah, send it to Pendant. Psycho and me. Leave Ken alone. An autobiography written by Ken Dorsey himself. Um, we talk about like what works for Joe Brady, how he's getting the running game involved, how he's um, using his weapons, how he thought he would, using Kincaid in the middle of the field. The one thing he really hasn't done is get the wide receivers involved. We've seen it down mm-hmm. uh, down in production of Stefan Diggs. We see Gabe Davis for like the fourth out of i think the last six weeks have zero catches zero targets um do you think it's just teams kind of adjusting to what previously made the bills tick on offense and that's getting their top receiver involved or getting you know gabe davis involved or getting their top receiving threats involved or do you think this is just joe brady saying hey we underutilized these other weapons we have, James Cook in the passing game, Dalton Kincaid, now Dawson Knox back in the fold. Uh, what do you think it is of, for the reason of this decline in wide receiver production? Uh, I think that it's partially matchups. I think that it's part – I mean, we've been seeing, like, whoever's been tasked with covering Stefan Diggs has been – good lately uh you know so, so yeah. there's there's some credit to be given there um i think some of it is scheme and helpfulness and like just like maybe a lot of the best plays are designed to utilize cook um and i think some of it is that some of it is that the it's just like a down year for some I mean, we all want to believe that Khalil Shakir is like actually super good in the grand scheme of things. He's probably fine. Wait, what? <laughs> Scratch it. I, mean, I, I, I don't more, even know what you're saying. I don't even know what I you're saying that, right now. I said that Are more you just to the trigger he wolf you. isn't howling. No, I said that more just to trigger you. Of course, the he wolf. Well, the he wolf. Oh, I'm triggered. Isn't howling, I'm triggered. But now. the he wolf isn't howling. Wolf, by the way. But that's because of. That's because of Joe Brady. Uh, yeah, beef with Joe Brady. If we want to give any beef, uh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, Gabe Davis zero targets, zero catches, gets a game ball after the game. Khalil Shakir zero targets, zero catches. Where's the He Wolf's game ball, Joe Brady? Yes. Where is it? Where is it? Defenseless receiver penalty. 
that wouldn't have happened without Khalil Shakir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I have yeah, any beef with Joe welcome. Brady, give the He Wolf a game ball for zero catches, zero targets. You know what the thing is, though, Tony? Unlike Gabe Davis, He Wolf doesn't need that charity because he's awesome. He is. He is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, moving forward, though, do you think this is a problem, this wide receiver production, especially as we're pushing for the playoffs? And if we do get in the playoffs, like we're going to need, we're going to need these guys to step up. Not that Diggs can. I'm saying like the Gabe Davises of the world and the He Wolves of the world who always, man, you know my answer. You know my answer. If we win, it, it, there's only one stat that matters. There's only one stat that matters. And it's not <laughs> Gabe Davis's numbers of receptions. And it's not Shakir's number of receptions. And it's not Steph's number of receptions. It is win and loss. It's the win. I don't care how many receptions he has. Anyone has if we win. And especially like the, and especially like, like this week's win. Well, especially like this past week's win. When if we look good doing it, then I really don't care. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in California. We'll see what happens. You're worried about this game, aren't you? I am worried about this game. Uh, I don't think, I think you're it. one of like the 1% of Bill's Mafia who's worried about Easton Stick and the Chargers. M- Matt, I mean, we have pride on the line for the Chargers, a group of professionals, as Mitch Morris said. We have a trip to California on a short week, six hours on a plane. We have a virus that is taking its toll in the Bills locker room. Uh, literally a virus. James Cook is fine. Where'd you hear that? Where that? He's been on like every national media circuit show this week, and seems to be. Well, I don't just care about fine. that. He, I don't care about that because he hasn't been practicing. So <laughs> that's what that's what matters. That's the tell of fine or not fine. He did not and seem to know, sick at all. And to know that the Cowboys had that big sickness. Uh, coming last week going through them like 10 of them were sick and now i'm like james cook is sick i'm like oh geez they got it from the cowboys he got it from the cowboys now he's gonna spread it in our locker room this is how our season ended last year because the boys were sick uh the boys were sick against the Bengals, and and had a terrible week of practice now james cook is gonna go on a plane with these people to spread the disease uh everywhere with that recycle apart yeah, it is all that's what I'm saying. It is all falling apart. So between the disease, the trap game, the short week, the flight, the uh all the the number one piece of evidence is uh our lifetimes as Bills fans in that we know this is how it goes down. We know we beat the hard teams and then blow it against the easy team after in our journey to the yeah. playoffs. This is we beat the Packers. We lose to the Raiders, 2014. This is well. I mean, lose to the Steelers backups. Yes, lose to the Steelers backups. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is the this is the cycle Bill's of way. history. The cycle of history Bill, may Bill repeat itself once again, and Easton Stick might be that historical figure. 
gosh. If we lose the Easton stick, I am going to. This is not going to be a fun episode next week. Well, what I well the I'll way I can see the way I see it more going on is because that's like jives more with all the evidence that I presented is that we will beat the uh, Chargers, but then we will all get sick next week, and it'll be really tough sh- sledding against the Patriots. Oh, I can't. We can't lose to the Patriots again. That one is I know. embarrassing. Enough. I know, but you know we how division games like that. Division Tony, games let's like not that talk. get weird. We're, it's positive Division vibes right now. Weird. We're on a two-game win streak, three of the last four. Let's keep the positive And vibes. it's Christmas. Let's not, and, it's, and it's Christmas at Festivus, yes. Yeah. Um, we can't we can't be thinking this this negative, typical negative Bills mentality we, mm-hmm. we're thinking of. This is this is the thing though. Uh two things. Hungry dog barks louder, and the Bills are the hungry dog because they're out of the playoffs and they're fighting to get in. That's why I think. They're not going to have this letdown of a game because they can't afford to. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's not like they're in second or third place in the division or in the conference and can have a, a letdown game. They had their letdown games already. They're not in a position. They need to step up. Sickness aside, by the way, Dallas Cowboys were two Super Bowls enough. Now you got to give us a sickness as we fight for the. Yeah, playoffs. I know. Come on, it, it's all a trick. <laughs> those cowboys always screwing us um second thing is and i think this is a more more important point i think they're having fun again oh there's a comparison side by side shot of josh allen from a month ago where he looked completely dejected completely out of answers uh to now clean shaven haircut super happy uh doing funny videos with the Bills social media team again. Uh, I think they're all having fun again. Just getting his like uh, ATV thing, almost running mm-hmm. someone. Over. They're having fun. I think this is the fun Bills again. We all, we all missed. Yeah. And of course, it's if they're fun having fun, we're win, having fun. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And of course, when you win it, it equates to having fun. Nobody likes losing, but right. it just feels like the vibes are different. And I mean, I, I, I this is the Bills team I like. This is the Bills team I, I enjoyed the last five years with. This mm-hmm. is the team that, dancing, that is dancing during practice and is making jokes with each other. And just the vibes are good. They're, we're a vibe show. The vibes are good right now. They're having fun. Don't you agree? I do agree. That's all the evidence that I see as well. We got ATVs rolling around. We got it's all vibe. It's all positive vibes in there. It feels it's all good. positive vibes. It's uh, all there. Is is Haley being in LA? Were you? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Josh might be a little distracted this week. Right. Keep your eyes on the prize, Josh. But doesn't Haley live in New York? Yeah, she was. She traveled to LA. Okay, how do you? Okay, I guess I don't know. I guess it does worry me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, Haley watches right. Hmm. Okay, (laughs) it's Uh, another piece of evidence for my worry. Yes, I know, right? Uh, But they're having fun again, and they are winning games. That's two most important things and they look like their old selves. 
Uh, let's move on to the defense, though, Tony, unless there's anything else about the offense you want to talk about. I think we covered it all. Again, I'm good. Very simple game. They ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball yeah. very well. Let's move on to the defense. Um, dominant performance from the defense. The only time the Cowboys, one of the top scoring offenses in the league, if not the top scoring offense of the league, scored was when the Bills backups were in and the Cowboys starters were still in. So just start to finish, probably one of the best, if not the best game, the Bills defense and Sean McDermott scheming for this game have had all season. Mm-hmm. Um, in all facets, uh, usually it's like they get stops on third downs, and but they let up big runs or they stop the run game, much like they do with like Derrick Henry, for example. But they give up in in a, in a big plays in, in opportune times or whatever, you know, like this was a complete performance front front to back mm-hmm. finish. Um, my biggest question is Cam Lewis good? Like, should we start putting some respect on a UB player's name here? What's your supporting evidence? Because I saw this come across and I'm like, is he? Like, I didn't remember noticing him or not necessarily noticing it. Like, what's your evidence here? Really? You didn't know? I noticed him many times Sunday. Well, it's different for me because being in the stadium is a different perspective because you're not, like, looking at a lot of like numbers or hearing discussion about a lot of players like you're on TV. Sure. Didn't you see like 39 making a lot of plays? I guess. I don't know. It's kind of focused on or are they all just like ants to you. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I'm just worried about the staff, not the, not the individual. Yeah. I saw Cam Lewis making a lot of plays uh, for a team that has a, a bit of a, uh, shortage of especially safeties with Micah Hyde hurt and DeMar mm-hmm. Hamlin's body double not being employed. Um, but DeMar Hamlin is, of course, the real DeMar Hamlin. Or is it? We don't know. Um, Cam Lewis has stepped up in a big way, and it's nice to have that versatile option of a guy who can play any position in the secondary and play it, I don't, I don't want to say good, but up to snuff, if you will. Like, Cam Lewis, I don't think, is going to be a lockdown cornerback or mm-hmm. a Taron Johnson-like nickelback or a Micah Hyde in his prime-like safety. But he's a great insurance option because he can play all those positions and play them admirably well. So I, I noticed him. Maybe you didn't. I noticed him making a lot of plays this past Sunday as opposed to a guy like Taylor Rapp, who I don't know if – I've seen one good play from him yet this season. I'm not a big tail well, rap guy. When safeties play well, when they play well, they don't, you don't see the plays because the ball doesn't get thrown to them. I guess. I, I noticed Taylor rap out of coverage a lot more than I think uh, I'd like to for sure. I'm more just but, like on the rap. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like losing patience with Micah Hyde. And his lost speed. So I guess he was so impatient that... with his performance or his not being on the field. With his performance, when he's on the field, yeah. Okay. So in so in that sense, and even though I love Mike Hyde, but uh, but in that sense, I feel like I have to be like a like a Taylor Rapp apologist, mm-hmm. just be just by the by the duopoly of it all. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think both safeties, starting safeties, Poyer and Hybet is, even though they've lost a step this year, I thought Poyer played a very good game, but all the defense I agree. played a very good game. I agree. I like what um, I thought of Poyer. Yeah, this was his best game for sure. Um, I think a big reason we're seeing, we saw we saw a dominant performance on defense is those two cornerbacks have been a lockdown. Of course, I'm talking about Razul Douglas and mm-hmm. Christian Benford. More power. <laughs> Finally got an interception as well. So uh, I think th- them being such lockdown corners and advanced analytics show they're two of the best man cover corners in mm. the league, actually, uh, allow the defense to thrive. Like there was a stat on Twitter of uh, how like, the first four to five weeks of the season, we were ranked in the top five. And then there was a huge dip after the mm-hmm. injuries of Tredavious White and Matt Milano and Daquan Jones. And now it seems like they're kind of coming back around because, again, like I mentioned with the offensive line, there's a lot of conformity of like these guys have played together now for a month or so. Not a lot of injuries other than the Micah mm-hmm. Hyde injury. So they're kind of understanding how to play with each other, how to play within the system. Uh, guys like Terrell Dodson, who I wrote off a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's a fine backup who's good in run support, but his lack of coverage ability hurts and hinders the team a lot. He's come around big time. Like, he's been really, really good. Uh, Terrell Bernard continues to impress. Uh, and the defensive line continues to show out. Leonard Floyd having double-digit sacks. I think the first bill to have double-digit sacks in, what, five years? Too long. Did yeah. Hughes ever do it? I don't know. Um, Gregory Rousseau having a good game. Ed Oliver making whatever bonus money he keeps talking to the media about. Uh, <laughs> again, continues to be dominant mm-hmm. this season. So um, he always mentions money. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> he mentions his own bonuses. And then after this week, when or was it last week when Floyd got his tenth sack and Floyd earned a bonus and Oliver's like, Yeah, I helped with that one. He should pay me some money. The man eyes on the prize for Ed Oliver. Kudos mm, to you. Mm-hmm. The man is all about that green. Shade to Bill's always in forever. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He bees about his business. I'm not cool enough to understand what that means, Lance, but thank you for commenting. Come on. It's obvious that Oliver's about his business. He is about his business. That's right. Uh, his horse riding, pancake eating business. Uh, he's been That's really right. good. Jordan Phillips had a, a good game. And uh, as as in traditional Jordan Phillips fashion, gets hurt. Yeah. As he does seemingly every week uh this time it wasn't doing a celebration so i mean progress baby steps people but um, do you get worried man what, about celebrations yeah. on the topic of celebrations and being hurt do you get worried when james cook flips into the end zone oh all the time me too especially me too. if it's raining it's very tense for me it's very tense for me too i'm like it's cool. I love it. It's like the new uh, Deion Sanders high-stepping into the mm-hmm. end zone. Uh, yeah, I get nervous. Like, what if he doesn't rotate fully around? Like, right. Now we're now we're bringing Boom. out the, Breaks the, the tailbones. Like, yep, yeah, I hate it. Like, it's just unnecessary. 
So is Agreed. it like so? It's scary. For you in the stands. So for you in the stands, are you like, as James Cook's like riding in the end zone and juking and jiving and breaking tackles and what? Are you like cheering and then you're like you're anticipating the foot like, coming and you're yeah. just like, oh no. <gasps> Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he can cheer okay. again. Okay, it was fine. It was, this one was fine. Oh, thank God. Oh, my yeah. God. It's not like that, but I just feel like the I just feel like it's a, a ticking time bomb. Yeah. You know, at some point our luck's going to run out on this thing. That's like when when Josh takes any sack, I'm just like, "Don't be hurt. Please don't." Like Right. Right. I don't care about anything else. Like just don't be hurt, Josh. the same vibes but dominant defensive performance um what do you think being there was it just kind of like oh they're they're dominating and we can kind of coast to the victory here uh i thought it was i thought it was well called i by mcdermott i liked the pressure that was put on deck um and obviously you know that pressure is nothing without the coverage in there so coverage was solid um and the and the scheming was solid and i thought that the Cowboys just never, never figured out a way to outdo us in that sense. Right. So for that, I was, for that, I was really happy because it's just like every time they think they had a new idea, we were two steps ahead of them on that one too. Uh, so yeah, it was great defensively. Um, like I said, the pressure was really exciting. Like the sacks were really exciting and well, and well-timed. I was into it. Yeah. Three set, three sacks total this game. Uh, they they showed some different looks, especially on the pass rush. Yeah, this week, like I noticed a couple times, like Leonard Floyd not starting right directly on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. but kind of two yards back and then getting a running start. And it wasn't like he was coming from the linebacker, but they were mm-hmm. doing some stand up, you know, things and uh, a couple different looks, some stunts, lighting Jordan Phillips on the edge and Floyd or Rousseau on the inside, like. They were they were throwing some different looks, and the most important thing was they kept Dak in the pocket, um, which was which was crucial, I think, to to the dominant performance we saw on Sunday. Uh, if you watch any Cowboys game, when Dak is able to get out of the pocket and it's kind of backyard football, if you will, and he's scrambling, and you know it, it's tough to ask a secondary to cover all those weapons for a couple seconds after the snap, mm-hmm. let alone many more seconds as Dak Prescott is scrambling around when you got CD lamb and Jake Ferguson is coming to his own and Brandon cooks and Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard out of the backfield like that. Those are really good weapons and really good NFL weapons. Um, really skilled players. So the bills defense did a fantastic job of keeping Dak in the pocket, um, taking away his first read and, and, really mixing it up and confusing not only the offensive line for the Cowboys, which is also very good, but Dak himself. So uh, for all the, the naysayers of Sean McDermott, like this was kind of the, the FU game for Sean McDermott of like, yeah, we're stopping a We're stopping a t- top rated offense here. That's, that's what it's I thought really too. Like, like it, a, a lot of, a lot of faith was restored, at least for me personally in Sean McDermott. Like I like the way he I like the way he calls it. Um de- I like the way he calls defensive plays. Obviously we're critical of the way he game manages in general. Right. But and uh, like especially against the clock. But yes, I'm 
you know, some there was a lot of positive to look at McDermott wise in this game. Yeah, I think just an absolute dominant performance. I think that's the only mm-hmm. way to really describe it. Um, mm-hmm. Tony, final note here. Uh, speaking of the defense, Daquan Jones was activated, or not activated, yeah. but his his practice window opened up uh, in his return from uh, injured reserve. So, uh, what are your thoughts about getting Daquan Jones back, and what would it mean to this defense? Uh, my answer is not a moment too soon with Jordan Phillips going down, obviously. Uh, so that has me a little bit more concerned. Like, I hope we're not pushing it, uh, too soon. And it's not because of that. Uh, but I'm also not getting my hopes up because I feel like the last little bit, you know, when we activate these long-term injuries, like they come back and it's not like they're like super good right away. I mean, Vaughn, Trey you know, uh, like maybe he'll be on a snap count and still, but still need some time until he's like his old self again. So I don't know. I'm cool with it. I'm excited about it. Like I like the hope about it, but I'm deaf, but I'm a little cautious as to not get my hopes up. Like I'm going to see something amazing out of him. I think he was performing at such a high level before his injury mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like ready to jump right back in. Like once he comes back, I expect him to be, no ramp up time, be just as dominant, just as uh, just as much of a core piece of this defense as he was earlier in the season before his injury. So uh, I'm excited to get him back uh, if he can make his way back. That is. And I'm excited to see what he can do, because I am of the mindset that he should have been extended like four months ago, if not mm-hmm. uh, sooner or later, sooner, sooner. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to get Daquan Jones back. He was playing at an all pro level before his injury. And I expect him to just pick that up. Uh, I think we're a little lacking in terms of defensive tackle depth. I think Lynn Bell Joseph was a great pickup mm-hmm. in season and has really contributed nicely for, uh, what he is. And that's just a double team taker upper and a run stuffer. So I think he's been good, but, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips had a nice game, but I think he's a hit or miss. And now with the injury, it's going to be missed for a couple of weeks because he's not going to play. So, yeah, as you said, like not a moment too soon. Like we could have used him a lot this season, and I'm super glad he's back and he's a really good player. And I don't know why the Bills don't have a Derrick Green sponsorship. DQ, DQ, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Get on that, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> um I will say regarding Jordan Phillips before we wrap it up here, uh, kudos to whoever like made the call to get a uh, a surgeon or Jordan Phillips into surgery and a surgeon to do his wrist surgery like the night after mm-hmm. or the night of the game. Like the game was a four thirty game, it ends at seven thirty. So you're calling up a, a surgeon on the spot. Like he had surgery that night. Yeah. And the surgeon was a Bills fan. Everyone knows the deal. Everyone knows the deal. He he, he Ubered to the hospital, ECMC, probably. (laughs) Uh, You know, quick, quick acting by the Bills there to get to get a surgeon to do Jordan Phillips surgery the night of. So uh, kudos there. Uh, Tony, what do you say we uh, wrap up the episode, though? I think that sounds like a great idea.
Oh, thank you. I'm glad you had a joyous time. Um, viewers, listeners, uh, watchers, Woody Nation, if you haven't hit that like, please take a second and do. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Hope you had some fun tonight and hope uh, if this is your first time, welcome. If this is not, uh, thanks for coming back. And if it's either your first time or you came back, please tune in again uh, next week for uh, another Witty Not Funny Sports Live. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Look at those beautiful designs. Uh, shop local, support local. You need a last-minute stocking stuffer, hit up Traveling Growler to, uh, to fill that stocking. Great gift for your loved one, uh, for your Bill's Mafia loved ones especially travelinggrowler.com the podcast or teespring.com you can google search teespring witty not funny uh we have hoodies we have t-shirts we have sweatshirts we have long sleeve we have everything every color all original designs all super cool all usually pop culture referency uh as you can see step brothers we have a yo mtv raps heavyweights Perkis Power, Tecmo Bowl. We got it. We got it all. Uh, so check out the Witty Not Funny store. Support the podcast. We always like to say the uh, modern day podcaster is the uh, past starving artist. So please check out the store. Get a t-shirt. Get something cool. I guarantee you, your friends will say something about your cool t-shirt or cool design Witty Not Funny apparel. That is a Witty Not Funny guarantee right there. So check out Either teespring.com, witty not funny, all one word, or Google search teespring, witty not funny. Uh, where to find the show? Of course, on the Built-in Buffalo Network, YouTube, Facebook. If you haven't, hit that like, hit subscribe. Really appreciate it, all the support and all the viewers today. If you're listening on audio, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your five podcasts for free on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network at Built-in Buffalo underscore. Uh, Twitter handles at witty sports 716 on twitter and instagram witty not funny sports on facebook and tiktok follow us on all platforms we love following back bills mafia saber swords people trademark pending any buffalo sports fans give us a follow hit that follow button we love following back we're mainly on twitter x so uh if you're on there please please hit us up we love following back uh and send off for the listeners thank you for tuning in we appreciate it and as we always say Go Bills, and of course, stay witty out there. Stay witty. Man, I'm struggling with this ending. Stay witty out there, everyone. <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for listening. Peace. Happy Festivus. Bye. Happy Festivus. Later. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you that got much. it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. You build a bomb. You build a bomb. 
It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.